That is our friend Rod Thomas with Bright... Well, you know him as Bright Light, Bright Light. That's his track, An Open Heart. It's, uh, it's about 25 past the hour on this Thursday morning, June 4th. I'm Larry Flick, and you are listening to The Jolt on Sirius XM OutQ. Okay, so I have the coolest job ever because I got to sit down privately and and watch a new movie that opens tomorrow that you absolutely must go see. It's called Love and Mercy. And it tells a story of the amazingly brilliant and fraught Brian Wilson. And, uh, and we have uh, one of the stars, the star of the movie joining us, John Cusack. It's such a pleasure to meet you. Nice to meet you, I'm too. I'm a big, big fan of your work. Thank you. Um, and... and um, I will, I will start with, with a, a confession. I could not picture you playing Brian Wilson. I couldn't picture it. And then I watched it, and I was like, holy shit, man. This is real. I get it. I totally well, you know, bought into it. You know, the weird thing is, is uh, um, Melinda, his wife, um, when she met him, uh, he didn't really look like he did in the Beach Boys days because no. he was 44 years old. Yeah. And there's a picture of him with his hair sort of slicked back and, and a suit. And she was like, look at this. And she took my face and Brian's face. And she it actually looked like the same. Well, so once, just once people are so used to like, you know, the the Beach Boys. We're used to the, the Beach Boys. The, the, the Young Beatles album. So if yeah. you saw John Lennon when he was, you know, in his 40s. But I think it's more than that. I think that there was something that happened when you when you pull through yourself into him that changed your face ever so slightly so that it looked like you, but it looked like you, like he was coming through. I mean, I've had the chance to meet, meet Brian a couple of times and, and in the movie, once I'm watching it, I'm like, Holy smoke, man. Yeah. Why didn't I see that before when I was like just picturing it in my mind? Mm. What was, what was the, the first thing you did to understand Brian? Well, um, I was very lucky because um, that period in, in his life that I portrayed was this mystery period mm. of his life. It was almost like he was the music or cultural equivalent of Howard Hughes. They were like, the genius has gone silent. Where has he gone? Uh, you know, and there's, you never know where the facts ended and um, legend began, you know, so there's a lot of speculation about it. And um, Brian's still here and he's doing great. And yeah, Melinda's here, and I could go hang out with them and ask them about it and talk to them and, and kind of feel how he navigates through the world. Um, and there is the treasure trove of his music. Mm. And most specifically, I would say the Pet Sound Sessions album and the Smile Sessions album. Smile Sessions album is, I can't even find words. So whatever, yeah, you can't really, it's, it's very difficult to describe the impact that that yeah. album and those two albums had on yeah. the rest of pop culture and music across the Atlantic, across the world. Um, but it's revolutionary and revelatory, and there was like an earthquake of of music that came out of of the guy mm. with one ear by himself, and right. we're not, not not talking about the Beatles with, you know. Epstein and uh, George Martin and Ringo Starr and yeah, I know John it, Lennon, Paul McCartney. Right, this is just one guy with one ear. It all lives. All, it all, all lives inside his head. And so when when you want to know things about Brian, 
you you have to go to the music too because all the feeling is there all the the things that you don't think can mix you you can't the the stream and of of emotions that are in a guy um are, are all there in, in his music and so when you didn't if you if you couldn't figure out a fact you could you could get the feeling from his music you know it, it, it's so easy to um to be to 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 uh, explain Brian Wilson in a very simple way that he was kind of uh, innocent or boyish or you know certain certain qualities of his personality, but watching watching the movie, um, very very delicate line that you walk between that part that is forever fragile and innocent, and the part that is very much a man. Mm-hmm. How did you how did you measure that? Because it, it feels like you stood there with like an eyedropper, like a scientist trying to measure it into into like you know some sort of mental bowl or something. Mm, that's a um, I'm very flattered that you think that. And I what I was what I was very happy with is that the people that are closest to Brian and and know him and uh, like the people who he recorded and made the smile. Uh, sessions with at the Royal Albert Hall like who and everyone in his band the reason they became friends was because of their love for Brian Wilson and then they're playing in a band with Brian Wilson playing his songs and they say to me well we have to like sometimes just pretend like this is just a job because we'll tear up (laughs) if we're (laughs) playing with if we realize that we're playing Brian's songs Mm. they love love the guy so much and they get it Um, that they said you know that's the Brian that we know not the Brian from the Beach Boys which a lot of people knew, but the the Brian that sort of reemerged when he had to reconstruct his personality and crawl out of the hole he was in. Um, it's funny because so, that, so I was very I was very gratified that they they felt like they felt good about it. Like his family and friends, yeah. and people who love him, felt feel like we we did him proud. So well, that, it's a that real gives person. me a, a lot of a lot of a lot of pride. And it's fully you know. it's fully realized that there's there's yeah. there's there's. See, I think the key I think about him is I was just trying to think it's very hard to talk about him because it's like you should just write books about, about his creative process right so it's not a sound bitey kind of thing no it's do. not but i think he's just such an unformatted soul like he just it's not you know you you okay you you have your tv show or your your radio show all right i'm an actor all right those are our boxes and now that's let's define it he he doesn't give a fuck about any of those lines I he doesn't care about any of those distinctions he's a, he's a real pure creative spirit and all of us who get sort of told to stay in our lanes and put in our boxes that's why we look at Dylan and and Brian Wilson as these north stars is because we know that we could be doing more but like we limit ourselves like our imaginations aren't as free as our souls are so I think that's I mean anyway that's a very interesting when you but when you're when you're you're immersing yourself in that world how scary is that um because what you're really describing is someone who, in many ways, by people who didn't know better, defined him by in very limited terms, and what he really is is limitless in a way that we're not. Yeah, I think so. Um, I think he's, um, there's a misconception. You know, I also think that people, a lot of times, they mistake kindness for weakness. Mm-hmm. They that's sure a, do. And that's a big fucking mistake. Yeah. Yeah, but because he's a strong, I mean, to survive what he survived, he's a tough guy. He just doesn't have any doesn't have any malice in his heart, and I've and uh, you know, it was a great honor to try to to try to do 
justice to him, but you know, he, he doesn't even speak badly of Dr. Landy. I know. I know. He, uh, having, uh, the last time, I, I, I actually, I'm very excited because we're going to talk to, to Brian tomorrow uh, about, about this project, but I remember talking with him a couple of years ago, and I was struck by his the steel will, and yet, you know, just somehow trusted that you weren't going to hurt him, yeah. which is very, very weird. And I, and I did find that really intimidating. Um, I'm curious to know what, what he, what about him woke up? Was there anything new about you that woke up or something uh, that you hadn't seen inside yourself? Yeah, you hope so. You know, you, you hope that those things happen to you as an, an actor and you try to think of those things. If you go into a deep process, you mm -hmm. try to hope that it's sort of initiatory in some way. Like mm -hmm. you, you bring something out of yourself and heal it up a little bit. But I think anytime you turn any, Anytime you know pain turns into something beautiful, it's that's alchemical, right? It's like you're turning something that you know led into gold, or something that should be you know disposable into something of great value. So he's a like kind of the patron saint of that. Yeah, yeah. In some way, so um, I don't think it's possible to like immerse yourself into Brian's world and not feel like you you came out of it with a more open heart, which is kind of a great gift it so, is a great gift so i hope i've become a little less cynical and a little less full of shit right on that's john cusack joining us here on the jolt i'm larry flick the movie we're talking about is called love and mercy it opens tomorrow um did you meet paul dano uh, spend any time with him paul dano plays the younger brian you know we we didn't really we uh paul uh paul and i went in with the assumption that it would be sort of two different takes or two different voices on Brian. Yeah. And hopefully it would harmonize, right? It would turn into something that was of a whole. Um, so we sort of overlapped and spoke a little bit, but I think it was interesting in retrospect, we both took that Smile Sessions record, which was, I think, his creative apex. And then the thing that he was able to then reemerge and finally play at the Royal Albert Hall with Paul McCartney weeping in the front row. We basically took that as we both basically just immersed ourselves in that without knowing that we were both going to do it. But I think that was kind of the design of uh, Bill Polad and Oren to just have two different, two totally different takes, and then hopefully it would, they would, they would turn into a harmony. Do you look back at your own? Um your own battery of work and feel like there's an apex moment. There's a moment that you want to tap every person you run into on the shoulder and say, dude, look at that. No, I, I sort of think like I've done some things that sort of have a pulse, you know, and um, then I'm happy to let them go. But I think one of the things not to like circle it back to the movie, but I think it is true is that this, this, Everybody thinks the Pet Sound Sessions was a huge hit when it came out. It wasn't. No, it wasn't. No. And and Smile Sessions, they were like, they thought it was, he, he thought he'd never put it out. So I've had a bunch of times where I've made films where when they came out, uh, it was okay. But then years later, people say, oh, that was great. This is my favorite movie. It was a hit. So I've learned not to trust. You know, it's nice when people love a movie right when it comes out. Mm-hmm. But that doesn't tell the whole story. There's a lot of times when people love movies and they, then they forget them, and then there's movies that were forgotten when they first came out or 
didn't nobody wanted to talk about that have now grown. So I, I learned to just sort of, if, if I think it's good or it's alive and has a pulse, you put it out there and then it's great if they like it now and if they don't like it now, maybe they'll like it later and, you know, it's, it's all part of it. That's really, it's very interesting to, to do something as, uh, that I, I view as being so personal as performing in front of people. It's a very vulnerable thing. And to be able to, in some ways, let it leave your fingertips and not, and, and, and be okay with that. Yeah, you have to learn how to do it for sure. It's, you know, things sting and hurt. And you yeah. Know, you, of I, course, I everybody wants to be accepted and, you know, all those things. Yeah. But, yeah. And so, did you find that, um, to, to, to bring it back to, to Love and Mercy, did you find that there was something about playing this dude who you could see made you perform differently? Um, because he's, yeah. he's not a creation in your head. No, no. And, and there are people who are going to be, there are going to be people, and you know this because you've been in the business a long time, you know that there are going to be people who are, whose entire being will be tomorrow to poke holes in this movie. Sure. Because they're assholes, right? Yeah, but that's like, you know, so, that's just like, that's oh, just Tuesday. Right, Yeah. right. Yeah, so, like, so, so, yeah, so, so, you know, so you're playing this guy, you know how people, you know that, there are going to be people like me who are going to be like, okay, this is going to be good. I want this to be good. And there are going to be people who are like, this is. I want this to be a piece of shit. Um, how do you make sure that you you block that noise out and you you just zero in? Hmm. Well, for for me, it's a weird thing too because it's like we already we've done the movie and we've done the work on the movie, mm -hmm. and now it's you know it's time for it to interact with other people mm -hmm. and they have their own experience of it. So. You know, I'm sort of preparing for the next thing that I'm doing. I'm writing something. So it's not that I, I don't want to talk about it or I enjoy it or think about it, but I, I already did all that work. And Is it weird to relive it then? Yeah, you, you sort of have to come back to it again mm. so when you've sort of almost tried to sort of let it go and, and do that. But, you know, I was, I we, we had a, a premiere uh, of it last night in Los Angeles and, you know, Brian's family and band were around there and they were very emotional in a good way and they are the critics that I cared about most mm. to tell you the truth but by the way everybody seems to be loving the movie and I've gotten nothing but great response for it so I don't care about it people I mean I don't care what it what people want to poke f holes at it it's okay they'll do that or they won't and, but I know one thing doesn't matter what anyone says in five years if people are still going back to the movie and finding things, new things about it and if it's still touching people or if people who felt like they had mental health issues don't feel stigmatized by it or not ashamed of it you know it's going to have its own life and that doesn't really matter what I say or what anyone says it, it's, it's got its own trajectory now well what's really great is is um, you can feel uh, that this is going to fit very nicely in your legacy of work because it just it's I don't know I just was watching it, and every second was compelling. And you know, as, as we started, it, you know, when I heard you were doing this, I thought, "Well, that's very interesting. I can't picture that, but oh, he's a genius actor, so I know it's going to be good." But I don't, can't picture that. And then I'm watching. I'm like, "Holy shit, that's Brian Wilson." Well, you know, if, if you survive, if you hang around long enough, you know, it's, it can be a tough business. But you know, this was like a great role in a great. Yeah, great film with great people about an American master and, and really complex guy. So, 
I was really lucky to to get the part. So. Mm. Well, John Cusack, what uh, what a pleasure. Thank you. To finally have you on our show. I'm a nice to talk to you. Big, big fan. The movie is called Love and Mercy. It's actually the name of my personal favorite ever Brian Wilson song. So we're going to play that right now. Go see the movie. It opens tomorrow.